there. Hello. We are coming to you live from the battleground of the 2020 election. And just like everyone else out there, we don't know who is the president yet. We're starting to, we don't want to put the champagne on ice just yet, but we're feeling okay about it so far. So it's Friday night for me, Friday afternoon for Jess. And at this point we have flipped Georgia, which I am calling John Lewis's last stand. Uh, We have flipped Pennsylvania. We are coming in solidly ahead in Nevada. And things are actually starting to feel good. Uh, I have been up until 5 a.m. every single night this week. Oh, really? Because that's the equivalent of like really late in the States when they stop counting. And so I'm like, all right, the numbers are still changing. I like read a chapter of a book just to try and stop the doom scrolling. Go check the polls. All right, read a little go. And then like once I go through a couple of those cycles and the numbers haven't changed, I'm like, okay, it is what it is for tonight. You have to sleep. Your body needs it. And I'm still coming off jet lag because I only landed Sunday. Right. So I've just been a, a mess this week. Oh my God. I think the whole of America has been a mess this week mm-hmm. waiting for these results to come in. And man, I've, okay. I, I'm on the other side of things. I have tried not to check until there is final news. I yeah. check in maybe once a day. Um, and sometimes I can't avoid it just because it'll be on in the morning and I'll overhear it or yeah. I'll hear someone talking about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to do no more than that because I don't want to stress myself out because I know I will. What's it like to not have OCD? <laughs> um, I do just probably in other ways. Okay. I, it's like, more oh, of like a, you know what, with my mental health the way it has been lately and fighting mm-hmm. depression again. Um, I've been really proactive and trying to work with a good therapist and set some good boundaries for myself. And I got to say, if you have the ability to do that, definitely do so. Absolutely. Mental health care is huge and real. And yeah, no, I definitely know that that's I and this isn't me being like cutesy, like obsessive Christmas disorder. Oh, my God. Like, I really do have OCD. And I'm pretty sure that that's actually why I can't stop looking every five minutes because I'm just like really? I want to watch I, the see, numbers I go up that you did. yeah because for me it's 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 a lot more the compulsion side mm-hmm. uh or, or I guess it's the I don't remember I don't have to do like turn the light switch off 10 times yeah. kind of thing um for me it is a lot more I, yeah it would be the obsession I guess of like I fixate and it's not always cute but it's where we're at that's a sign of a ADD in females as well. And okay, so hi, this is Rue and Jesse's psychology corner. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Don't uh, worry, we'll get to the the death and gore in just a bit. But neither of us are credentialed professionals. But listen to us ramble and drink along at home. Uh, you were no, a social worker. I, I yes, absolutely. Um, I have wondered if I have ADD or ADHD. I I didn't because I've I am very much a tired sleepy I can do my own thing kind of person and because we only look at the stereotypical young boy ADHD talk about what that is and that's spinning in circles for six hours and gotta go fast and that's not your girl right I'm not but when we see kind of like you said the obsession and and kind of the I don't do well with coming back to a task if I've been distracted it's like oh I had to go and make food today I guess I'll never work on this thing again (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, that's oh, that's okay. a lot of the symptoms of uh-huh. it. Who knows? You could, yeah. You could. 
Yeah. I mean, I do. And I've had to, it does get out of control for me when I get stressed, Mm -hmm. it spikes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it can go hand in hand with depression, which I think, you know, if ever there was a year for me to be depressed again, I kind of get the 2020 was that. Yeah. Um, You know, go big or go home. Right. The mantra of 2020. It had been, I don't know. I'm 32 now. The last time I was treated for depression, I was 15. So I had a good run. You had a good run. I had a good run. 2020 took me down. If oh. something was going to take me down, that was an admirable adversary, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So other than the hellscape, how are you? Well, I want to know if you're going to talk about the Belgium Royal scandal right now. I... Are you following that? <laughs> I'm following exclusively the United States election, so please tell me everything about the Belgian royal scandal. You don't? Okay. Please distract me. It happened about four weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, But I guess the prince, or I guess he's the king now. Okay. um, But back when he was a prince, he cheated on his wife and fathered an illegitimate daughter. It has since come out in this book. Uh, that he had this royal daughter and now she's been fighting for legitimacy and she was finally legitimized. And, and she is Amelia Minuet. <laughs> Thermopolis, Thermopolis of Rinaldi. Rinaldi. <laughs> Princess, Princess of, of Genovia. Genovia. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. She is... I was like, because I feel like this is the exact plot of Princess Diaries. She is Delphine Boel. And I could be pronouncing that last name wrong, but the first name is definitely Delphine. Um, And she has been acknowledged as a Belgian princess, Delphine of Saxe-Coburg. You can help me with that one. Um, After a two-decade-long royal paternity scandal. So King Albert decided in January to no longer fight the claim that he is, in fact, her father. And he finally agreed to have his DNA analyzed. And sure enough, let's do a little Maury voice here because... You are the father. Oh, man. That's cr- yeah. I Okay. I don't know. I've never been in this situation, and I try really hard to not judge situations I've not been in uh-huh. personally. Like, I get it. It's not a good look for a prince to have an illegitimate daughter. That's It's not cool. But, like, if you think there's a chance, how do you not do what you need to do to see if that's legit? Look. Like. The thing is, he knew about this from the time she was born. He carried on an 18-year-long affair with her mother where he was cheating on his wife Uh. with her. At one point, he wanted to leave his wife um, and pursue this full-time. They had had really kind of had a falling out. There was talk of divorce. Um, But the the mother of this Mm -hmm. illegitimate Delphine, she basically said no because she has a very she's patriotic to her Mm -hmm. country and she Mm -hmm. didn't want to that the divorce to reflect badly on the country so she stepped away and forced him to go back to his wife and they Mm -hmm. reconciled and have been together ever since so I mean yes he was cheating and I do not condone that in the slightest it does seem like there could have been some stuff on both sides though well I'm not cheating on the the wife's side obviously she's a victim here yeah but I also don't know with where their marriage was at if they wanted to divorce and just did not really have that option. Right. I just mean, I mean. And so kind of did their own. I don't know. Because like there's this kid out here and we've got this 20 year long scandal. And that's, I mean, yes, they're 
princes and princesses and and royalty but those are also human beings and it's like that's a, a young lady who had a dad out there who's been like fighting not being her dad for 20 years it's just like man, yeah well it was a shock to her too considering oh she didn't know well, for the last she, 20 years no she found out when she was pretty uh, a little bit younger okay correct me if i'm wrong if you know all about the belgium royal scandal i found out about it this morning you're telling me everything i i know nothing it. yeah um well you're over there help me out help a girl up yes i'm in belgium oh wait no you're in germany My right yeah <laughs> i don't know why i lumped those two together i'm I so know. sorry I don't know. Anyway, so she was made aware when she was younger and it was just kind of a known thing. Gotcha. He came around her mother a lot. Like I said, it was an 18 year mm-hmm. affair. So she knew him to be her mother's best friend. Mm, wow. Um, yeah. So that's what's happening with the Belgian Royal scandal. Scandalous. That's some fun, fun news today on that. Nice. Oh, right. d- did I tell you last week I bought some Titanic coal? You did. Yes. I did. Okay, cool. Yes, um, I'm excited about that. This week, I, I made another little impulse purchase. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, okay, so I bought... Oh, shit, you froze. God damn it. Why does this always happen? I don't know what happened there. We just have the worst luck sometimes. Okay. Well, we are from two different countries trying to do this, so... That's fair. <laughs> so you bought what? I bought an ancient Egyptian used Shakti. It's a little figurine made out of limestone, and it kind of looks like an ancient Egyptian sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. It's about know, that, that big. Usually they range from about four to six inches in length, nice. and it's ancient Egyptian. I think it's in the year 200 BC. Oh, okay. Uh, what they were used for um, was people of wealth and of means in ancient mm-hmm. Egypt, instead of having their... Um, their slaves like killed with them or entrapped in tombs and stuff mm-hmm. as the years went on they just replaced them with these figures so that they would have people to serve them in the afterlife oh much much nicer yeah definitely I mean it started out rough where you would put all your anyone who served you in your tomb and yeah they die eventually and yeah not as big a fan of that but no that's no. cool so yeah can I ask how much does a 200 bce ushafti cost on ebay 50 bucks no kidding yeah no kidding i mean like all this stuff i talk about buying i'm well it was 45 dollars plus five dollars shipping oh well um, yes yeah it's not expensive stuff but i think it's really cool to own mm-hmm. a piece of history um yeah. and they're all, everything i own is a pretty common relic that's I mean, cool yeah there's nothing i've bought that's over the price of 60 bucks yeah so if you're thinking of robbing me because you hear I have all this cool stuff, just jump on eBay, spend a hundred bucks, you'll have it all too. Yeah, I just like to imagine that you're like a secret Tomb Raider type. I wish I was. I know, don't we all? Although I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd raid tombs. I mean, Yo. I love Indiana Jones, but right, like I. So one of our our first quarantine purchase was we finally like six years late got a PS4. Uh-huh. Because neither of us really have enough time to game in the before times. Yeah. But now that we don't get to go anywhere or have any fun ever, we're like, eh, we're going to be home. Let's get some video games. And I got to play the newest, the, the Rise of the, or the Shadow of the Tomb Raider or whatever, the, the newest game that came out. Because I've played. Tomb Raider? Yeah. Came out like three oh, years ago. Oh, I bet I'd love that. Yeah. And I've 
I grew up playing the games. I used to pretend I was Lara Croft. Like Tomb Raider has always been my shit. Anytime I little Rue had a backpack on, I was Lara Croft. <laughs> I'd be like speaking in a bitchy British accent. It was on. Love it. I was playing this one and I was just like, wow, she's really just smashing and grabbing all these resources from this indigenous population. <laughs> And like at one point you're in like somewhere in Central America. I don't really remember where it is somewhere. I think it's Aztec. And there's like little pockets of jade and gold under the rivers. And I'm like, I bet the people who live here are the ones who should be mining this. Not me with a climbing axe, but you know, Look here at you with your, your video game ethics. Always. Play. I can't turn this <laughs> off. This is just who I am. <laughs> But yeah, I was just like, oh, oh, yeah, she's really just. I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the owner of Hobby Lobby is all I'm saying. I would never. (laughs) I don't even like to shop at Hobby Lobby or think it exists. I'm a Michaels and Joanne's girl through and through. God, I miss Michaels. So who who goes first this week? I do. I'm kind of excited. Can I go first this week? All right. Yeah, go. What did you bring? Because you are doing like a a cute little excited person dance. What do you got for me? Well, don't tell people that. Oh, okay. Um, It's something I've wanted to cover for a while. Okay. You're allowed to be excited Uh, about that, even if it's horrible. Yes. It's a terrible thing. Okay. Um, It's all the deaths that have happened at Disney. Happy election day. Part three. (laughs) The happiest yeah, place on earth is about to be tainted. It's, yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. I'm ex- <laughs> I have a weird fascination with like amusement park deaths. So let's do yeah, it. Okay. So mostly I wanted to do this one because I really want to watch the documentary Class Action Park that's on HBO mm. Max right now, but I don't have HBO Max. Yeah. I have HBO Go and that does not cover that. So this was my own little, but I also didn't want to ruin the documentary for me by looking yeah. into that park. And I'm like, well, let me look into Disney because I know a lot of deaths have happened there over the years. Right. Um, and what began is like, uh, it, it turned into a deeper dive than I wanted. Okay. Because um, I'd be, a, a, we could honestly just do a whole series on this. So instead of making the deep dive on each catastrophic industry, uh-huh. Uh, injury because there are so freaking yeah. many uh, it's going to come more across as little blurbs on oh, each one well, not little blurbs but you know uh, yeah. a summary because they're just so freaking many right right I'm Surprise. excited sorry to bum you out again guys uh. but you know what next week let's do happy stories can we each try to bring a positive story to the table next week I mean that's what I tried to do mine's pretty horrible but I tried to bring up uplifting aspect to it because every time that I I can't wait to hear it and do nice things I don't so I feel like maybe you need to like reverse psychology and be like find the worst story you can find the absolute worst (laughs) story you can to bring to the table next week and I'll do the squonk again or at least oh squonk was amazing at least one of us needs Uh, to be like hey are you do something so dark that it's really gonna bum everybody out because then I'll do something lighter okay we need to start checking with each other again. Yeah, anyway. we should. Okay. So, okay. So Disneyland opened in July of 1955, and it wasn't very long in the same year before they experienced the first accident. A Disneyland railroad operator switched tracks before the back of the train had safely crossed into a station. And this was a mistake that sent the last car of the Retclaw 2 train onto a separate set of tracks. 
the caboose swings around to the one side and collides with a concrete divider before derailing. Whoa. Fortunately, nobody was hurt in this incident. The worker fled the scene and never returned. Oh, He's kind of like, oh, 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 run away. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's such a bona fide mood. Right, like, oh. like, I like to imagine he's like Kermit. He's just like got his arms flailing as he just like runs away. He's like, oh, 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 shit. Okay, all right. Can't come back here. Nope, never again. Oh. <laughs> hey, Grandpa, let's go to Disneyland like nope, 30 years later. Not. <laughs> we mustn't speak of that place. No one was hurt. Okay, okay. so we can make okay. our jokes about yep. this one. There I tried to put some in that we could have some okay. thought about. So a, a decade goes by. This will not be the first nor the last decade that the, Disney will kind of fall into this false sense of security. And, oh, mm-hmm. da, 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 everything's happy. That's my Mickey Mouse. There you da, go. Da, da, da. It's not a good one, but... Yeah. So the, this streak ends in May of 1964 when a 15-year-old by the name of Mark Maples from Long Beach, California, stood up and was thrown from the top of the Matterhorn bobsleds. Do you know what the Matterhorn bobsleds were? Was that one of the roller coasters? Okay, so it was kind of like this concretish stone mountain made to look like a a mountaintop. And they had a a kind of coaster-like on track Mm fake bobsleds. And they would go up and over this mountain. Mm -hmm. So... He stands up and is thrown from the top of the modern of the bobsleds. He landed on an adjacent ledge and he fractures his rib and his skull. Why do you stand up? Oh, 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 oh. I know. I know. You're gonna be saying that a lot. I know, but it's just a blanket statement. Why do you stand up? Like, I, 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 okay. I know we try not to do victim blaming on this show. But there is something to be said but for like, don't stand disobeying up. rules. Those rules are not there for fun. Like, oh, don't just, stand up. Okay. You're going to be saying that. All right. Let's go. It's a lot of teenagers that this stuff tends to happen to. Yeah. Um, so the next incident occurs in 1966. Okay. This time it's a 19-year-old by the name of Thomas Guy Cleveland. He was from Northridge, California, and he wants to crash Grad Night. So Grad Night was this gigantic event that Disney would put on every year as a celebration for high school seniors. Hmm. So he decides that he's going to sneak in by walking along the monorail track and just kind of shimmying his way into the park. Great. So just to give you guys an idea of what the monorail was in, in Disney around this time, it's well, a monorail is a train kind of suspended up yeah. above the ground. And it it kind of looked a little bullety, a little futuristic, mm-hmm. uh, but it was very much a, a track that was very suspended. Right. So I'm trying to s- describe that a little better. Just Google some pictures of it. You'll see what I mean. It's still there, isn't it? Uh, I think it's been heavily adapted. It is not the same one and possibly not oh, okay. the same location. Okay, because we went to Disney World when I was a kid one time, and I remember riding it. Disneyland. No, I know, but I was saying, like, they still have the monorail, like, in general as part of their Disney deal, right? Yeah. The monorail is still a a working thing. Okay. Um, Not the same one, possibly not in the same location. I didn't really look into it past this. So he decides he's going to walk along this monorail track and slip into the park. Well, security guards start yelling at him. No, 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 get down, get down, get down, because they saw him. But being the cocky teenager he was, mm-hmm. he looked back and just ignored them, like uh. deliberately ignored him. And that's about the time the monorail comes along 
<sighs> and he's killed when the train hits and crushes oh. him and then drags his body down the track. Okay. Uh, and, and see, I struggle because I want to be like, oh, you stupid fucking kid. But like, also, still a you, life. but also it's you dumb fucking kid. You didn't even have enough time to become a smart adult. Like, right. God, the stupid shit I did as a teenager that should have gotten me fucking killed. Like, we were all one cocky teenage mistake away from being that kid. Because yeah, we all think we're invincible much. at that age. We've all done stupid stuff at that age. So, a uh, similar fatality, unfortunately, occurs again. Oh. The following summer. Ooh. So, this time, it's 17-year-old Ricky Liyama. And he was from Hawthorne, California, I believe. He falls while trying to jump seats on a people mover ride. Mm. Now, the people mover, it was, uh, how can I describe it? They were almost like little carts that were mm-hmm. uh, kind of a cross between a square and a circle, mm-hmm. kind of like an oblongy square. And mm-hmm. they would have a little roof um, and they were pretty close to each other. I'd say maybe there was a foot or two in between each cart. Mm-hmm. It had lots of wheels and it would kind of get you from one end of the park to the next. End right. Of the park. And these actually end up causing quite a few incidences. And I don't believe they're around anymore. Hmm. What a surprise. Right. So he decides he's going to jump seat- seats on this people mover ride. And he's dragged hundreds of feet. Alive? Mm, started that way. Oh, man. Yeah. Oof. Uh, I Actually, I'm not 100% sure if he survives or not. Um, God, I hope that he didn't have to live through the dragging part if he still died. Because uh, in 1980, at grad night again, grad night accidents are happening like crazy on grad night. Get used to the phrase grad night here. Okay. A San Diego high school senior by the name of Gerardo Gonzalez does the same thing. Jesus. And I, I can't help to notice that most of these young kids are boys. Um, yes. So Yo, testosterone is a powerful drug. Man. We're not, we're not sex blaming. Uh, no, it, but it just. It is a bit of a reoccurring thing that a, a lot of these are adolescent males. But just that. A that lot of them are on grad night. Testosterone fueled sense of durability. Invincibility. And invincibility yeah. and you know just i can survive anything oh my god oh these poor kids okay more give me more all right next one 1973 18 year old new yorker bogdan delarut mm-hmm. i could be pronouncing that correctly or incorrectly yeah, that's uh, what we do and here his and his 10 year old brother oh no decide okay. that they're gonna hide out on tom sawyer island past closing time so uh, they disneyland at the time had this area of the park and mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do. I don't believe so. I was there not long ago. Anyway, um, and it was kind of like this colonial American celebration. Mm-hmm. And so they had Tom Sawyer Island, which had a little house and stuff on it. Um, and then I believe there was a little piece of land off of the island in the back where mm-hmm. cast members could kind of access it that they were able to kind of sneak around and hide out. Right. Um, this particular area of the park at the time has these huge rivers and they would have a lot of interesting boat rides going on Mm -hmm. they would have large canoe rides where people would sail in those they had a large 
kind of colonial ship mock-up that would sail. Mm-hmm. Um, so him and his 10-year-old brother hide out in that little area, I said. And when they finish having their fun, they decide that they're ready to go home and are done for the night. The 18-year-old, Bogdan, decides to swim across the nearly 100-foot-wide rivers of America mm. while carrying his brother, who was a poor swimmer. Mm. Tragically, the 18-year-old Bogdan drowns halfway across mm. while his brother manages to dog paddle to safety. Really? Yep. Uh, once he, and he gets to safety basically by seeing this cast member who's in a boat who hoists him up and they spend the rest of the night looking for his brother who cannot be found. And it wasn't until the morning hours of the next day where his brother was recovered. So wait, the, the park was closed, but there was a cast member still there? I mean, there often are, like cleaning up and- Oh, and okay. Sort of I guess, I, sorry. I forget that that's what they call literally everyone. Yes. Everyone is yeah. considered a cast member. Yeah. I was um, thinking like Gaston was just like, I'll help you, buddy. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's literally what they call pretty right, much- Yeah. I, I just I mean, forgot. there are different titles, ima- right. ima- Imagineers, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are different- but overall, right, Disney oh, right, refers yeah. to his employees as cast members, which... Yeah. No, I just really didn't have this, like, vision of, like, Gaston just yanking this kid out of the river. Uh, so... I, I just want to preserve and make this happier for myself. Okay, so then we did some 1973. Um, yep. So then we get into another little 10-year decade of safety. Okay. Where Disney's starting to feel really safe. You love to see it. Good, and yep. everything's going well. I mean, there are incidences. And just to be clear, I am strictly covering theme parks only. I am not covering resorts. I am not covering, um, and I believe I'm strictly also covering American. Okay. Yeah, because all these have been at Disneyland, right? Yeah. There are a few that could be other places. um, Okay. But, you know, if they were particularly juicy, I included them. Okay. I like it. So about 10 years later, almost exactly to the date... Mm-hmm. Another 18-year-old, Philip Strogan okay. from Albuquerque, New Mexico, decides, oh, he has a little bit to drink on grad night. Oh, okay. And him and a friend decide to steal this rubber boat that they find kind of sitting off into an area oh, they broke into. Buddy. Okay. The vessel flips and he drowns in the same river. Uh, the River of Americas? The River of America. Oh, the God. River of America claims quite a few lives. Um. Mm, okay. But we'll step away from that for a second. In August 1977, prior to this, Harry and Marietta Good had a four-year-old son who strayed from his family while they were at Walt Disney World. Okay. They were at a parade and trying to watch it, and he just up and vanishes. Yeah. They later find him floating in the Cinderella Castle moat. Oh, no. The good sued Disney for $4 million, claiming that the area wasn't properly supervised. Good. Or secured. The jury found both parties equally liable and awarded the family $2 million instead. All right. Well, mm-hmm. damn. So the first homicide takes place. Oh, great. Between an 18-year-old by the name of Mel Yoruba and a 28-year-old named James O'Driscoll. Okay. So they were at a private party in Tomorrowland in 1981. What does that oh. cost? <laughs> I mean... Like, how do you have a private party at Disneyland? I mean, a lot of places do it. Like, a lot of schools or school yeah. districts will rent okay. it out. Or I guess that's not as private as I was thinking. I was thinking, like, oh, we're going to this birthday party. But yeah, you're right. I mean, like, civic... Yeah. I okay. mean, I believe they also have lots of little areas you can kind of rent yeah. for a party. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
Okay, so he's at this private party in Tomorrowland, and O'Driscoll accuses Yoruba of touching his girlfriend, then pulls mm-hmm. a knife out and stabs him in the chest. Park Ooh. medics didn't really know how to react to this, but okay. they should have reacted. They were right. pretty slow at the time. Jesus. They eventually decide to take Yoruba to Palm Harbor Hospital in Garden Grove, California. The fact that and eventually was a part of that sentence disgusts me. Yeah, they were slow to react. Um, God, okay. He was pronounced dead once he arrived. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. So a jury yep. awarded Mel's family over $600,000 for Disney's negligence to react sooner. As they should. The next event we're going to talk about is the first one we have with a female. Okay. So this was a 12-year-old girl and her two-year-old sister. Okay. The siblings were playing outside of the Coral Isle Cafe at Disney World in April of 1982. They pulled a rope attached to a menu board and a heavy display falls on the toddler. Unfortunately, she was pronounced dead upon arrival at the hospital. Ah, uh, okay. That one and the moat one really bother me because the other ones are like dumb young people being dumb young people. But like the moat and this one is just freak accident horrible. Just... Uh, okay. Remember that Matterhorn I talked about earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how the it, it kind of makes some reappearances until it just mm-hmm. miraculously disappears from Disney history. Yep. I think it might have been repurposed. I don't know. I should look into that more. Okay. Yeah. So in 1984, there was a young woman by the name of Dolly Young who mm-hmm. was thrown from her sled after failing to buckle her safety belt. Now, oh, there's some dispute okay. on whether she buckled it or whether the safety belt failed mm-hmm. or whether she had it buckled and then unbuckled it later. Okay. But she was a 48-year-old woman. Oh, wow. And she landed on her low, on the lower level tracks where, unfortunately, an oncoming bobsled train <gasps> crushed her head and upper body. No. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. no. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the 90s. Let's go to the 90s. A resident of New York State, Alan Ferris, decides that he's just going to up and stalk his ex-girlfriend. Like who you do? At Cotton Orlando. Great. A 37-year-old male, he legally enters the park around 11 p.m. And according to the sheriff's deputy that was interviewed on this, he said, quote, when the security guards started questioning him, he took out a 12-gauge shotgun out of a bag and shot three times at the guard. The shot shattered several windows in the Journey into Imagination Pavilion. So security personnel radio for backup, and Alan takes two workers hostage in a nearby bathroom. What the fuck? Yep. Oh, it gets worse. Okay, but like, hold on. I know that when we go into any amusement park, we all hate that we have to go through like metal detectors and get our bags checked, but like- This is why! You can't carry a 12-gauge shotgun into Disneyland, my friend. Well, you gotta remember- he he basically illegally entered the park. Okay, all right. That's Ew. but the the kid who stabbed the other kid had a knife. Like, That's true. Like bro. it was a private party. Perhaps it was a cake knife. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not defending stabbing, but I'm I'm saying maybe yeah. maybe they were allowed a knife. I get okay. All I right. don't know. Yeah, but that, that's that still, be. this is why you have to walk through a metal detector. This is why there are rules, yeah, I this... guess, is the, the what yeah. my takeaway is from here. Yep. So, he emerges about 10 minutes later, and he keeps shouting, shoot me. Okay. You're going to have to kill me. He's trying to commit suicide by police at right. this point. Without warning, he puts the shotgun to his temple and pulls the trigger. Whoa. Unfortunately, he was still alive and able to struggle briefly. Oh, Okay. He expired either on route to the hospital or shortly after arriving at it. Yikes. 
And that's the first suicide that we know of. Mm -hmm. So here are the next two tragedies. Uh, And these, unfortunately, are entirely Disney's fault. Great. So the year is 1999, and it's Christmas Eve. It's, oh, or maybe it's a Christmas Eve celebration at Disneyland. So it's it's Christmas Christmas time. Maybe it's a Christmas Eve celebration. Yeah. Okay. A large metal cleat dislodges from a hull of the sailing strip Columbia and struck a 33-year-old Lewin Fee Dawson of Washington in the head. Oh, no. The impact rendered him brain dead, and he died two days later. Oh, no. His family was awarded $25 million as part of a settlement. I believe the ship Columbia is once again in the American River thing. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but wow. that that's the case. That river claimed a lot of lives. Well, I mean, Colonial America also did, so maybe we shouldn't have a river dedicated to it. So the next one's in 2003. There's a broken axle on Big Thunder Mountains Railroad Mm -hmm. and it gets lodged into the brake causing the train to jump. This one's just terrible. I'm sorry. Um, So the back cars landed on the front car, which in turn crushed to death a 22-year-old Marcelo Torres who bled to death. Several other riders were injured in this incident and officials cite an inadequate maintenance as the primary cause. Wow. So fun fact, that was the first like big roller coaster I ever rode on. And I rode it the next year. Really? Yep. We went in <gasps> 2004. Oh, and this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Okay. Love that. That's fine. Moving on. Hey, that <laughs> I was on the Incredicoaster in okay. Disneyland when they, uh, this was just a couple years ago when we had that big earthquake that broke some records. Oh Yeah. I didn't feel a thing. I was on the roller coaster. Lovely. <laughs> but uh, it did stop. And <laughs> it was, it was, well, we got off of it and everything. But yeah. then we found out about the earthquake and we're like, oh, that could have been a really bad being on a roller coaster in an earthquake. Yeah. How yeah. long were you stuck on it? Um, Barely. I think, oh, we okay. were, I think we were able to get off. I think there was just some slight slowdown with it, but we That's got good. off and everything was fine. But then we couldn't ride any any of the other rides yeah Disney went into immediate lockdown as they should have yeah after that incident happened so I believe the only ride we were able to ride was the Winnie the Pooh which if you've ever been on that it is <sighs> AF it's basically uh. a room of neon glow-in-the-dark paint and huff oh okay it's really weird but we just did that like five times waiting to see what was going to happen yeah and watching everybody scramble because that was also interesting oh I bet I've only gotten I, I don't know I've gotten stuck on a ride a couple times at Worlds of Fun, the, I mean, you know it, the amusement park yeah. in KC, uh, I got stuck on the Mamba during the Halloween, like the, the haunt time. <laughs> okay. And it was, yeah, it was me and my little sister and we got stuck up there and it was so freaking cold. It was like probably in the forties and we were stuck up there and I was having a blast because from where we were up so high I could watch into one of the haunted houses that's like the outdoor maze uh-huh. and so I'm just I'm like probably 16 15 at the time and I'm what I must have been 15 and I'm watching people go through and get scared and it's awesome and I look over and my little sister is just like freaking the fuck out and I'm like <laughs> um are you good and she's like how long do you think we're gonna be here for and I was like oh I don't know they're they're working on fixing it and she's like I'm so cold 
that we'll die here and I was like no and she's she's like four years younger than me so she's like 10 or 11. Okay we shouldn't laugh about this because like a lot of people die. (laughs) No I know but like we'd been stuck for 10 minutes Jesse. Okay. Like she went Donner party real quick. (laughs) Were you upside down or anything? No it's the mamba it doesn't even go upside down we're just like chilling and literally like it's so no big deal that that I'm just. the wooden one? No, it's the okay. it's the red one that you can see from the highway. Oh, gotcha. But like, I'm just watching people get scared and having a blast, and she's just like, "We're gonna die here," and I'm like, "We're totally fine." And then in like ten more minutes, we start moving, and she's like, "I'll never ride this again. It almost killed us. We were almost dead." And I was like, "We totally were fine all the time. It's okay." <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, that's my stuck on a ride story. So anyway, continue with your horror. All right, I'll continue with a twelve year old. Awesome. Funny. Yep. Uh, they were discovered unconscious in his seat after riding the rock and roller coaster at Disney's Hollywood Studios oh, in June of 2006. No. He died before reaching the hospital. An investigator later found that he had an undiagnosed congenital heart defect. Oh, so, no. well, that one, I don't think that one's Disney's fault. That's horrible luck. Yes, I mean, it's terrible. Um, uh, so he had like a heart attack on the ride, basically, is what we think happened. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so most recently, an unidentified 50-year-old, 54-year-old man collapsed after riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disney World in February of 2017. Oh, man. And once again, it was a heart condition that yeah. was to blame. He passed away at the hospital. Jesus. And not surprisingly, visitors aren't the only casualties at Disney parks. There's also a multitude of cast members and backstage workers worldwide who have lost their lives while employed by the company. Lovely. From mishaps and from natural causes. Hundreds are injured every year, and incredibly, state officials have required Disney to report all incidences only since 2001. Okay. Great. Yeah. Fabulous. Yep. Yep. Um, so I didn't cover a lot of the cast workers or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk about making this into a series. Mm-hmm. I would like to go ahead and do a big shout out to In Touch Weekly. They had a really great article on a lot of these nice um and there were a couple other websites i used but mostly mostly that one they had a a good breakdown of it was it disney where the uh the kiddo got got by gators yes okay yes yes yes. i thought so that could be a whole story that could be a whole story that's why i was like i was kind of waiting for that one i was like that one um, i definitely remember happening two gator stories there was an incident involving a gator outside of Disneyland mm-hmm. theme park, I believe. Uh, but the child survived and was okay. Uh, he was a little bit older. It had I to be Disney what World. What you're talking about is the one of the toddler. Yeah. Yeah, that unfortunately. Yeah, because there's not gators in California. Those yeah, both right. have to be Florida. Yeah, I think that was Florida. Yeah. Um, Oof. Yeah. Oof. All right. And this is excluding any incidences uh, where people just were stupid and drove into bodies of water because yeah quite a bit there are a lot of people that drove into bought decorative bodies of water and then later drowned wow yeah love that yeah so that is uh some of the most interesting deaths at disneyland and disney world theme parks hopefully you brought something lighter to the table this week i was just gonna say that's why we really need to do better about coordinating because i did not <laughs> well Strap in, guys. We're going to bum you out this week. (laughs) Yay! This one's not going to be cute or fun or nice. It feels fitting because 
America is a scary place right now. No, yeah. so my thinking behind the story I'm doing is this one's a doozy. Okay. Um, this one comes with a gore warning. This one comes with a sexual assault warning. Um, and a just the injustices of society warning. But I picked this story because to me it is a beautiful reminder of tenacity and of fighting through adversity to try and make things right. And uh, I know not all of our listeners are American, but a lot of them are. And so are we. And I think that that's a really beautiful message to carry with us, even as things kind of swing more in the favor of change and human decency. I, I think that carrying those values with us and having a staunch reminder of them is never a bad thing, but especially not right now. Fantastic. So what is it? Okay. Uh, so a lot of um, other podcasts and shows and stuff have talked about this case, but I want to take a, our own spin on it uh, just because I love it so much. Today, we're going to be talking about Mary Vincent. I don't know anything about this. Oh, get ready, baby. Okay. All right. I am ready. I got my blender bottle full of rum and Diet Coke, and I am ready to go. I've got my Coke with a weird Kansas City Speedway. Uh <laughs> koozie that I don't know where I got and I am ready to go how NASCAR of you yeah I don't I don't know where I got that All probably right. in some sort of gift bag or some event or something I don't yeah know, a little swag bag action keeps it, keeps it cool all right so okay so suppose with me so I will suppose I wish this was supposed and not factual because ouch so the date is September 29th of the year 1978 so we're taking okay. it back to the swinging 70s Will you make the rewinds noise again? Just for you. 1978. So 15-year-old Mary Vincent, who's from Las Vegas, one of the states we're currently fighting for, is an up-and-coming dancer. She's performed in Vegas, Australia, and Hawaii. Runs away from home. Things are not good at home. Her parents are in the middle of this really contentious divorce. She's got this boyfriend she's been with that's not a great guy. Things are just tough in Mary's life. How old is she? She is 15. 15, okay. Yeah. So Mary's plan was to hitchhike from Las Vegas to Los Angeles to stay with her grandfather. He was one of the people that she felt like, even in this crazy storm that was her young life, I mean, we both remember being 15-year-old girls, that she thought that he would be kind of her, her safe place. So on her hitchhiking journey, she meets two other people who are also hitchhiking and they're kind of traveling together, you know, the way of the road sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But she's the youngest. I mean, she's only 15. It's like, what, 10th grade, 9th grade? That's 9th grade. Yeah. yeah. Freshman. Yeah. I mean, she's a kid. That took me way too long. <laughs> Did I just say 9th grade? Is that 9th yeah. grade? Yes. Okay. Okay. So they're all hitchhiking together, whatever. And this big blue van stops in front of the trio. Uh, I feel like I already know where this is yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so 51-year-old Lawrence Singleton rolled down the window and said that he only had room for one of them and pointed to Mary. What a surprise. What a surprise. The other two people that were hitchhiking with her tried to convince Mary to wait until someone stopped that could take all of them. Yeah, that'd be a lot safer. Yep. But against their better judgment, Mary decided to get in the van. <sighs> she felt safe with Singleton because he was kind of a grandfatherly type. He looked older. He was in his 50s. Mm. And since she was going to stay with her own grandfather, 
it kind of probably brought up some of that, like, oh, you look like the safe person that I can trust mm-hmm. because that's where I'm headed. So once Mary got in the van, she was surprised to find that it was empty and that there totally was room for all three people to have gotten in. <sighs> so Lawrence, who goes by Larry, told her that he was headed to Reno, but, you know, he would just gladly take her all the way to Las Vegas. Yeah, so one super, super, super suspicious. Yep, because that's yes. not a short trip. Well, and hey, I only have room for one of you. Hey, the girl. Yeah, right, yeah. Get in my unmarked van. hmm Yeah. It, yep. it seems like it's falling out of the rapist handbook at the moment. A little bit. And, you know, given that she's naive, because we mm-hmm. all are when we're young teenagers who are unhappy... She just brushes off these vibes. She's like, yeah, this doesn't feel right, but eh, I'm probably just being paranoid, which is why we should always listen to our gut because your gut knows way more than you do every time. And she she was like, okay, it's probably okay because he also told her that he had a daughter about her age. Ugh, yeah. Man. Yeah. But the truth is that he was estranged from that daughter after a fight earlier in the year that they never reconciled from. His second wife had recently divorced him, and Singleton is what was often considered a misogynist and a mean drunk. He worked as a merchant sailor, but he was no prince of pirates. Oh, little Sam Bellamy tie-in. I appreciate you did that. You're welcome. It's the last time you're going to have warm fuzzies for a little while. I figured. Yeah. So Larry told Mary, we're not doing Dick and Jane, sorry that he just needed to stop at his house in San Pablo and then they'd be on their way to Interstate 5. Along the journey, she lit a cigarette and sneezed and Singleton touched her neck saying, let's see if you're sick. Mary didn't like feeling like she was being hit on, but just tried to brush it off thinking like, oh, maybe he's just an awkward old man. No, if you feel anything weird, no. Yeah. Ever. Yep. Just no. As soon as you feel something, it's 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 legit. Always trust your instinct. Yep. Uh, okay. So she was like, eh, he's probably just a weird old man. And then she fell asleep. Okay. When she woke up, she realized that they had passed Interstate 5. And she called him out on this, which, like, good for her. Right. And pointed a stick that she'd found in the van. I'm assuming, like, some sort of, like, a tool handle, maybe? Okay. um, At him. And she was like, yo, turn the fuck around. This isn't where we're supposed to be. Like, she asserted herself, and I'm so proud of her for that. Mm -hmm. And he apologized profusely. He was like, yo, I'm an honest man. I made an honest mistake. I'm sorry. And he did. He turned around, and they got on the five. A little while later, Singleton stops the van, stating that he needed to go relieve himself. So he gets outside the road, doing the dude thing and peeing. Yeah. Mary got out as well to stretch her legs. And she still wasn't feeling super comfortable with how things were going. There had been a lot of red flags but she wasn't really sure what to do. And so while she's kind of just walking around stretching, she realizes that one of her shoes is untied. And she remembers thinking that it would get in her way if she needed to run. So so she, she knew deep down. She knew deep down. She's known the whole time that, and and she's not sure how to proceed. Um, yes, there, there is a part of her intuition that knew. And I get like super not victim blaming, just your gut knows. Yeah. Like, even if you consciously don't know. Well, and you know, it wasn't until the 80s that we really start seeing a lot of stranger danger. Absolutely. Um, 1978 is a time that, while yes, things are going on, they weren't as reported about as they are today on the news and such. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I mean, national news wasn't as readily available 
And so if it wasn't happening in your safe little town, you had kind of this bubble false sense of where you didn't think it happened anywhere. There was no Facebook clickbait. There was, I mean, yeah, in the 70s, that was kind of just how you got around. I know a lot of my family members who were grownups in the 70s who hitchhiked. And they're all like, it was stupid, don't do it. But that's how we got around. Um, Okay, so she bends over and she's tying her shoes. Mm -hmm. At this point, Larry comes up behind her and strikes her in the back of the head with a hammer. She lives. Okay. Well, we do know some of the stuff that happened in the car, so, and what her gut was telling her. Singleton shoves her in the van, telling her that if she screams, he would kill her, and then he ties her hands behind her back. At this point, Mary is brutally assaulted in multiple ways, Um, and if you want to know more, you can Google it. After the assault, Singleton climbed back into the driver's seat and then drove, this time to a canyon where he stopped and raped her again. She pleaded with him to let her go. And after this assault, he forced her to drink drugged liquor. She said the liquor made her sleepy, and then she fell asleep. When she finally woke up from this, Singleton was dragging her naked body 50 yards from the van. He cut the ropes from her hands with a hatchet and freed her. Singleton screamed, you want to be free? I'll set you free. Content warning. He swings the hatchet, and he cuts off her left forearm right below (gasps) the elbow. And then her oh right. Oh my god! Ah! He just chopped off both of her arms? Both of her arms. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Rue! Yep. I'm trying really hard to not, like, uncomfortable nervous laugh right now. Um, so it took five swings, all in all. I, I was gonna say! And yeah. Mary was awake the whole time, but remembered thinking that it would be better if she could just throw up and die. Oh my god. He then threw her down a 30-foot culvert which is like those big concrete drainage pipes that we weren't supposed to play in as kids, but definitely played okay, in yeah. as kids. And I didn't play in one, I listened. Oh, well, aren't you special? Uh, I I got in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> I, <laughs> Dude, I thought I was like Rufio from Hook. I no, was like, were, we live in these tunnels. Yes. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, <laughs> I was the Tomb Raider of Blue Springs, Missouri. <laughs> Never know what you're going to find in a culvert, but here's a half-smoking cigarette and a coin. What does it mean? Uh, Yeah. So at this point, he leaves her in this culvert in Del Porto Canyon in Stanislaus. Ooh, that was, it was hard to go from Spanish to German. Uh, Yeah, that that took a turn. Del Porto Canyon in Stanislaus County, California, and left her for dead. He believed no one would ever find her. They always do, but I always mean... Always do. Yeah. And they're especially going to find her because she passed out for a little while. When she woke up, it was dark, and she started the journey of a lifetime. She rolls herself over. She has no arms to climb the canyon. Right. She rolls herself over and oh thinks to tamp her elbows into the dirt to pack the wounds, to cake them with mud so she can't bleed out, because she knew oh. that if she bled out, it was all over. Not a bad idea, but also, Yep, yep. And then she proceeds to crawl her way out of the ravine. So to recap, she's naked, covered in her own blood. Both of her arms are cut off, caked in dirt, and she starts walking. Oh, I hope she's in shock. Oh, she's 100% in shock. Okay, good. You wouldn't want to be not in shock for that. I don't think you could be not in shock for that. Yeah, true. 
Well, so, I don't know. Well, yeah. So she held her arms over her head, quote, so that the blood and muscles would not fall out. Oh, oh. By the time she makes it to the road, she's walked three miles. Dude, I can't even do that. <laughs> I could not do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to this. So she walks three miles. Mm-hmm. Bloody stumps held high. After crawling. After crawling. And she said that one of her biggest motives to fight and get out of there and find someone mm-hmm. wasn't to live. It was to catch him so he could never do this again. Oh, I like her already. Uh-huh. Mary Vincent, certified oh, bad bitch. And, bad ass. And also, this is a 15-year-old child. Right. Like, let's not forget that. This is not us. Yeah. This is a child who, like, hasn't even gone through high school. She's a baby. And in addition to having her arms chopped off, she's walking after being raped like six times. And and so, I mean, the pain, I can't even imagine. She, like I said, Mary Vincent, certified bad bitch. Oh my gosh. Yep. So she gets a car's attention. Okay. And it feels like the light at the end of the tunnel. But... They drove by, didn't they? But when the people in the red convertible see her condition, they get scared and they speed away. Which, like, okay, so d- horrifying, but I get. I, I mean, the the shock and the fear because, like, you don't know if there's someone out there who's going to do it to you. Like, yes. I, my hope is that they, like, called the police. <sighs> like, that they drove away and called the police because I, there were two people and they don't say their, their gender or their sex, but, like, it's night I see yeah. someone covered in blood run up to me. I might be scared to stop too. My plan would be pop the trunk. Yeah, hop in. Yeah, hop in, yeah. pop the trunk, close the trunk. I'll get you to safety. And then yeah. like, that would be my plan. Um, yeah. Okay, so I I have a story that kind of relates to okay. this. Yeah. Um, and this is why I hesitate when I hear about that mm-hmm. is my, my grandparents, my yeah. actual grandparents, they died. Have we talked about this on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Maybe I I so often struggle to separate what we talk about on podcasts in real, and in real life, life versus yeah. the podcast, right? Um, so uh, my grandparents were mm-hmm. uh, back in 1950. Geez, I forget what year the wreck was. Yeah, but um, they were traveling with their kids, all but one, mm-hmm. um, down a road. They hit a patch of gravel, went off the side mm-hmm. of a cliff, struck a tree. My grandmother was heavily ex- expecting at the time, mm-hmm. um, and she shoved my mom underneath her feet. Mm. and that's kind of what protected her wow um but they were killed uh and one of my uncles crawled his way out of the back seat Mm. and he was able to climb up this cliff but he was bloodied because I forget what his injuries were um he had some head trauma Mm -hmm. because once again we're talking like 50s early 60s they were bouncing all over yeah right um I know one of them broke an arm really bad Mm. Uh, so he crawls his way out and he's covered in blood mm-hmm. and he this is in escondido california he's flagging down trying to get cars to stop and cars just a couple of the cars that he would see would just keep driving by him mm. and here sees this young kid covered yeah. in blood and dirt and it's not known if my grandparents passed from the impact immediately or yeah. if there was a little bit of time but i know that's guilt that he has to oh yeah still carry with him to this day i can't imagine like yeah. being in a situation where you need help and you think the people that can help you just keep passing and you know that yeah this could be your only chance 
Yeah. I, I, this poor girl. Yeah. And, and so it's like, I, I unfortunately see both sides. Yeah. Because like, this is also the seventies. There's no cell phones. Right. So it's like, cool. If there is a killer on the loose and I stop my car and I mean, you just, you don't know. Well, and nowadays you don't know if it's a trap meant for you to stop exactly. your car. And then, I don't know. I kind of think if I ever saw a woman in that condition, naked, yeah. no arms, stumps, she's 15, obviously, mm-hmm. or I would think that she would look at least like a young, yeah. you know, I think I'd pop the trunk. Yeah. So like listeners, if you're out there, um, maybe pop the trunk. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, now we have cell phones. Right. I would immediately just like call emergency. Yeah. Well, of course, but so, I mean, like, yeah. if you need to get away from that area, if you think somebody's pursuing this yeah. person, I like the pop I, the trunk idea. I would pop the trunk, say get in, and then. Yep. I like that plan, but unfortunately, the, the people in the okay. convertible did not do this, and we don't know. Maybe they did get to a gas station and call nine one one, or maybe they didn't. But a little bit later, a couple who is on vacation, maybe their honeymoon, not super uh-huh. clear does stop okay good and they rush her they get her into the car they rush to a phone and then they call an ambulance Mm -hmm. and mary remembered hearing the tires screeching from just how fast they were going all she said was he raped me the couple on the drive wraps her elbows in towels and they waited while she was until she was taken to the hospital i believe she was airlifted by helicopter but i'm not 100 percent sure mary's life was saved she gets to the hospital they're able to do reconstructive surgery. She lives. That's amazing. During the month she spent in the hospital, she recounted her story to detectives who gave a description to a sketch artist. Mary's story blew up and it was the rage of the news. The depiction she'd given the sketch artist was so accurate that Singleton's neighbor recognized it and called it in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So police went to Singleton's San Pablo home where they found Mary's cigarettes and remnants of burnt clothing believed to be hers. By the time police arrived, Singleton and a neighbor had already cleaned out the van, going to the extent of taking out and cleaning the carpet. Of course. Absolutely. So, you want to hear the audacity? Yeah. I mean, it's there's already been a lot of audacity, but yeah. So, during his interview with the police, Singleton told them that after he picked up Mary, he picked up two other hitchhikers, Larry and Pedro. And Singleton told the police that they'd all stopped at a bar, smoked dope, and paid to have sex with Mary, calling her a $10 whore. Singleton claimed that he passed out and that it must have been Larry the Hitchhiker because he's the one who drove the van to San Francisco. He said that he saw Mary's clothes in the van, but that she was just gone. So when she said, Larry raped me, it must have been Larry the Hitchhiker. It couldn't have been him. Wow, of course not. Oh, that sounds logical. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's awesome. So in the meantime, Mary is fitted with prosthetics. She returns to school and learns to adapt to her new circumstances. She said that learning to work around her prosthetics was hard and painful. She said, I wanted to totally give up. But whenever I said, I can't do it, I won't do it, and I don't want to, a very stubborn hospital therapist would say, you can, you will, and you must. Those are some important words. Say it again. You can, you will, and you must. One more time. You can, you will, you must. Good message. Five months after she got out of the hospital, she was scheduled to appear at Singleton's trial. He was being charged with rape, sodomy, oral copulation, kidnapping, mayhem, and attempted murder. What do you have to do to get charged with mayhem? Is that the chopping off arms part? Because I'm wondering where, like, dismemberment yeah, like is. bodily harm and right like yeah. i mean attempted murder yeah i don't know i'm gonna look up mayhem real quick okay because i feel like put some like 
attempted murder is not chopping off arms like no i'm wondering what mayhem specifically covers because that didn't sound like he mayhem oh Hmm. okay okay so mayhem is technically um in this context Mm -hmm. every person who unlawfully and maliciously deprives a human being of a member of its body or disables disfigures or renders it useless or cuts or disables the tongue or puts out an eye or slits the nose or lip is guilty of mayhem okay i didn't know that you heard it here first folks all right so mary was at the trial and i feel like this is bad justice system because she was there when the recording of Singleton's statement from the time of his arrest was played in court. So she had to listen to the recording of the man who mayhemed raped her and yeah. raped her say, quote, she was a hard-bitten runaway who smoked reefers and threatened to maim him and accuse him of rape if he refused to drive her to L.A. Yeah, because that's just something someone will do. Tell me they had, they were able to track down those other hitchhikers to testify. Oh, I'm not sure. <sighs> I'm not sure. They don't come up again. Okay. Uh, According to Singleton, she had sex with two other scruffy hitchhikers who he later assumes are the ones who must have attacked her. So this Larry and Pedro he contrived and then offered to have sex with him as well. Because that's what you do. Right. At 15. Right. You you threaten to. Oh, my God. This Mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that sounds plausible in his mind. Right. Totally plausible. Because he's a horrible misogynist. Right. So women not being smart and catering to his wishes and desires is exactly what he thinks happens uh, so okay, so she has to listen to all that at the trial to listen to that and in a firm voice she does testify against him Good. at one point pointing to him with one of her hook prostheses saying he did it literally okay. like look at what you fucking did to me i know it was you you bastard right like oh i'm not gonna remember the person that cut my arms off right yeah yeah like hi, me down I was, a cliff. i was there for that thanks here's some proof yeah. Oh, uh, also, I don't think this made it into my notes because I didn't know where to put it, but I'm going to put it here. They did okay, find one of her arms near the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, mm-hmm. did they ever find the other one? I don't know, but that one they found by the Golden Gate Bridge. So. Hey, question. Yeah. If you ever had an arm amputated or lost an arm or a leg or something like that, mm-hmm. would you want to find it to have it buried with you when you're dead? Because some people are very particular about that. Um, I, I just, just want to know your wishes in case... In case I'm an arm or something. In case I'm mayhemmed. Uh, don't care. It'd be cool. Don't care. Um, you can do some weird mummy shit to it if you want. I know mummies are your bag. I'm not going to mummify your arm. All right. I thought you were my friend, but okay. (laughs) I mean, if that's your wish, I'll see what I can do, but. (laughs) No, you don't have to. Uh, But like, if you were just leaving it up to me, I wouldn't be like, ah, I should spend some time mummifying her arm before I throw it in. I don't really care. Uh. No, honestly, I want to be cremated because being buried is actually really bad for the environment. And yeah, so. Um, if I have a choice. I love I that this podcast is our last will and testament. <laughs> have you seen where they can turn you into a jewel? Mm, no, is that like, do they cremate you and then press that into diamond yeah. basically? Cool. Yeah, 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 you can be a diamond or a sapphire or uh, all sorts of stuff. I'd pick a blue one, a blue yeah. diamond, if I had to choose. It's and very on brand with choose. your Titanic uh, vibes. I just, I love blue. That's You'd be the my heart color. of the ocean. I don't know. I wouldn't turn myself into a heart because I think heart-shaped jewelry is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but that directly contradicts your Titanic love. Okay, uh, uh, 
Also, you're a very small person. I don't think you'd be that big of a jewel to be the heart of the ocean. Right. I don't know that they have enough ash. True. To... Is it, okay, so speaking of the heart of the ocean, oh, that's God. what I was for. Oh, no. <laughs> for Halloween, I was. Oh, you've was, done that one before, right? Titanic. Yeah, yeah, basically, I had it laying around. And nice. obviously, with the sheer finances like that. So yeah. I'm like, let's recycle. And anyway, I'd either be a jewel or I would like to be buried. And this is where you come into play. You have to mm. spread the rumor that I was buried with some super exclusive artifacts so that over years and years and years and years that would carry on. And like generations from now, they dig me up and put me in a museum. And they'd find out that it was just $50 eBay, Titanic, coal, and mummy yeah. figures. Okay. Love it. I mean, I'm planning to leave that to somebody, I guess. Okay. Probably you now. I don't right. know. <laughs> to little face. Uh, no, when I die, you will be bequoffed, betrothed, bequoffed. Bequeathed. What's the word? Bequeathed? <laughs> I'm going to leave you my Titanic <laughs> Okay. Um, wow. I don't know how to carry on from that. Uh, no, I have also... my shifty too. <clears throat> awesome. I've also seen where they can turn you into a tree, and I'm here for that one. Yeah, the tree's nice. They but also have the one. just going to cut you down, and make you into paper, and you better hope you like what's written on your body paper. Well, that's true. Uh, what if they cut you down and then they sent out like memos about something stupid, or or like what if they wrote something anti-Semitic on your paper? Oh, don't want that. Have you seen that they can also turn you into um, what the coral reef grows on? Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, that's not that's bad. Pretty cool. My uncle wants to be made into shotgun shells, and then he wants to be his own twenty-one gun salute. Really? <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, part of me is like weird, but also I would go see that. I mean, who wouldn't? It's the show of the season. Can I get an invite to that? <laughs> sure thing. I want to see the 21 <laughs> salute to himself. Right, yeah. Um, okay. All right. So glad that was fun for a while because uh, we're done having fun. Okay. I'll let you get comfy. I'm, I'm okay. Let me put my right. boob snake. All right. No, it's it's a neck pillow that my mommy sewed me. Aww. But um, it actually is the perfect women, if you're out there, you know what I'm talking about. If you got some tatas of a certain size, <laughs> it's the perfect size to like shove in between there when I'm laying on my side so that they don't smash nice. all night, you know? Very nice. But I, yeah, it's also a nice chin rest, which is what I'm doing now. Bruce making fun of me for. No, I'm complimenting your innovation. All right. Hey, you would like this thing. I don't know. You have tatas no, of a certain I size. No, I do not, actually. I have a you booty don't? of a certain size. No, my tits are tiny. You did? What? Yeah. I didn't think that. Yeah, they're a C cup on a good day. Oh, okay. They're well. like a full half cup size difference, too. Like, I have weird tits. I got a nice booty, but. You do. I ha- do. I, I'm lacking in the booty department, although after the COVID-15 pounds well, update, yeah. I'm getting there, but I have no, I have no hips. Yeah, see, I like to joke that if you look at me from head to toe, you watch someone go through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, eh, not a lot. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, no, it's fine because I can run more comfortably. Well, it makes <laughs> you feel better. I could, I could yeah. make you one and I just make it smaller on one end. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Well, so... She testifies and points her hook at him and is basically like, fuck you, got you, motherfucker. Right, because, like, the hook is spoken. Yep. You did it. And then she has to walk past him 
to get out of the courtroom. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he whispers to her, I'll finish the job if it takes me the rest of my life. (gasps) Screw that guy. The audacity. I'd hook him. I'd hook him right then and there. Right? Right? Yeah. I'd, I'd like in his cheek hook him. Yep. Just. I'd be making some mayhem. I'd be mad mayhem. So get ready to get real mad. Madder than that? Madder than that. Uh Oh, did he do it? If he did it, Rue, did he do it? Do what? Did he follow through? Oh, well, hold on. What? So we're still, we're still in court. Hold on. Singleton was found guilty. Good. Yeah. And he was given the maximum sentence. Fantastic. Which in this case was no 14 years and four months what for cutting off her arms maliciously raping her throwing her down a canyon and leaving her for dead uh-huh. a minor a 15 uh-huh. year old uh-huh. oh my god he got sentenced less years than she'd been alive wow mm-hmm. he's gonna do it again the judge said that if it was in his power by the court that singleton would spend the rest of his natural life in prison he should so even he the judge should. was like this is fucked up but legally this is the biggest this is what um, i'm ha- held something i can give you man which is why like part of why i picked this story is because like this is where voting even in small elections matters because that's when stuff like this gets changed because there's no reason that this man who is only like 51 gets out at 64 or 65 max sentence that's bullshit he should have rotted in prison Absolutely. All right. So we're going to keep going for a little bit. Okay. So Mary struggled. There's to re- more than that? Yep. So Mary oh. struggled to regain normalcy, even mm-hmm. with her attacker behind bars. Her family still continued to crumble. Because remember, the start of the story was she was trying to get away from this contentious divorce. Her family was falling right. apart. This drama didn't make it better. Of course not. And she was sent to a school for people with disabilities, which she felt like alienated her. Um, her dreams of dancing. Remember, she had this really successful dancing career that was dashed because in order to save her some of the musculature from her leg was taken and moved to her arms so she would never dance again um so she had a really rough couple years as soon as she graduated mary moved away and she lived a pretty secretive life her trauma haunted her and she struggled with anorexia ptsd depression and lost most of her close relationships after the incident because her old friends were just too uncomfortable around her they couldn't see past what had happened Which I feel like is a thing we don't talk about a lot in trauma is that you become the girl who this thing happened to or the or the dude or the person that people become so uncomfortable with. Oh, you're the person who had that thing happen to them that it's hard for them to see their friend. Sorry, does that make you uncomfortable? Hmm? No, I'm just saying like, I'm sorry, does that make you uncomfortable that that happened to her, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you think it's uncomfortable for you? Right. Yeah. So it sucks. And I mean, things got really rough for Mary. She was unable to find work and actually ended up filing for bankruptcy. Uh, Things were pretty tough. This pain haunted Mary for a long time. In 1999, she said in an interview that she hadn't smiled in 21 years. (sighs) But later she did find meaning in her life. She married a man named Tom. They had two sons. She ended up attending the University of Nevada, Las Vegas and became a victim's advocate and spoke to teens about her experiences. Awesome. Kind of picked up for a minute. Now we're going back into the valley. After only eight years and four months. Did the arm get found? No. We never Um, talk about the other arm. Okay. After only eight years and four months, 
Mm-hmm. Singleton is released from San Quentin on good behavior through a work release program where each day spent no! working bought a day off the sentence. How he was even eligible for a work release program, I have no idea. That, uh, okay. So it's oh. been eight years instead of his 14. Yep. Meanwhile, He's out on the streets. There yeah. are people in prison for 30 years plus for selling pot, but it's yep. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, so the public freaks out. They wanted him to stay behind bars. Honestly, they good, wanted him to stay good. behind bars forever. I mean, that's, yes. Mm-hmm. He's clearly going to. A hundred percent. No, he's going to re-offend. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no question in my mind. But he was a model prisoner and he still claimed that he was innocent, never raping or dismembering anybody. When he was paroled in 1987 in Contra Costa County, all the other ta- or all the towns in that county refused to allow him to live there. Good. They're Good. like, we don't want him, but he had to stay in the county to do his parole. Ugh. So guess what happens? What? He ends up having to live on a trailer or in a trailer on San Quentin prison property because there's literally nowhere in the county that will let him live there. All right. So there's a little bit of a silver lining. Yeah. 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 After his parole was over, there was an arrangement made and he was able to relocate to Orient Park, Florida. During this time, Deborah Singleton, his estranged daughter, filed an order of protection. Once she learned that he was free, she claimed that she felt unsafe. Quote, I asked California prison personnel what could be done to keep him in longer, and I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtain a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry, but I mean this quite sarcastically. I tell you, he is a danger. I said that before the first crime. I've changed my name multiple times and am moving across state lines. And you all suggest a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within, say, 300 feet of me? Yeah. Restraining orders. Yep. You know where I'm going with that. Mm -hmm. I sure do. Like, they're nice in theory, but in theory, but you're, I mean, in theory, you would think someone would follow that, but you're talking about incredibly unstable people that right. feel entitled. Yeah, to like to... chop young girls' arms off. Right, so clearly, oh, yeah, you're right. It'd be sensible for me to follow this piece of paper. It's kind of out the window. Right, doesn't right. doesn't do anything. Yeah. Okay, so Lawrence Singleton was registered with the state of Florida as a convicted felon. I think I said felon, but I meant felon. You said felon? I don't know. I, th- I think I mean villain, because he's a fucking villain. He's a villain felon. He is. He's a villain felon felon. It's a Dr. Bellin. Seuss book. But by law, he did not have to notify his neighbors. So in 1990, he is arrested for petty theft, but only served a fraction of his sentence because, again, he's just a model prisoner. Of course. Mm-hmm. And so he gets out. No biggie. And none of his neighbors knew who they were living next to until the fateful day of February 19th, 1997, almost 20 years after Mary Vincent's attack. When a house painter working on a nearby house looked in Mm -hmm. Singleton's nearby window. Oh no. What he saw was almost indescribable. He was watching a crime happen in real time. (sighs) He called the police and told them what he was seeing, which was a naked man covered in blood, stabbing a naked woman on a sofa who appeared to be unconscious. He said he could hear her bones breaking with every stab. Oh! Ugh. Yep. 
Police arrived to discover that the naked man was the nearly 70-year-old Lawrence Singleton. Nearby was the body of Roxanne Hayes, who was a 31-year-old mother of three. She was down on her luck and had turned to sex work to make ends meet. She'd agreed to meet Singleton at his home for $20. Wow. Yep. Singleton claimed that the struggle began when she tried to take more money than they'd agreed upon and that he really hadn't meant to kill her. Oops. How do you oops kill someone so hard that someone on a ladder at a different fucking house can hear their bones bones breaking? Like, come on. Fuck you. It's an accident. Fuck you. Yeah. With like a boning knife. Like, bro, you're not, you're not, no one's buying this. Okay. Even though Mary Vincent at this time had been living in hiding, she was afraid of Singleton because obviously he said, I'm going to finish the job. Freaking crazy nutball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she decided that she was going to testify against him again. Good. Yep. Oh my gosh. This girl's amazing. And so she told the court, mm-hmm. mind you, this has been like 20 years that this is still right. following her. She's like 35 now. I would, like, if someone had done that to me, I'd be terrified that they'd find me after yeah. that. You know? Yeah. I mean, this plagued Ugh. her whole life. And so she As tells- it would. Yeah. So she tells the court, I was raped. I had my arms cut off. He used a hatchet. He left me to die. After four hours, the jury was decided and Singleton was finally charged with a death sentence. Okay. Four hours. That's pretty fast in jury terms, Yeah, correct? for, yeah. for a, an execution yeah. sentence, yeah. Mary's biggest goal was justice, as it had been 20 years earlier when she climbed out of that ravine so that he could never commit another crime. If the laws of today had been put in place at the time of her case, Roxanne Hayes would still be alive. Mm. We knew it was going to happen again. We knew it was going to happen again. On December 28, 2001, while awaiting execution, Larry Singleton died of cancer. So, okay. Yep. Yep. Mary said of his passing, I wanted to look in his eyes, but now I won't ever be able to find out whatever I was looking for. I feel like I was cheated again. Today, we have some good news, though. Okay. Mary can shoot pool. Ooh. She can write. She became That's a skilled artist. I've seen some of her drawings and paintings, and they're fucking dope. Nice. Um, she started art after looking for a way to satisfy her creativity, even though her dreams of dancing were gone. She and Tom divorced, but her two sons have been her inspiration. And from some articles that I've read, it sounds like she's found love again. Her friends say that she's relocated to Washington and she has a close circle who protects her anonymity. She's able to live a private life and isn't attached to the spectacle of the case. She says that most people who meet her think she was born without arms. And that is the story of Mary Vincent, who survived the absolute unthinkable. You can, you will, you must. You can, you will, you must. Well, guys, um, so this comes out on Tuesday, which hopefully by then we have answers and our country is slowly moving back towards the side of progress and we can begin the actual fight, which is moving forward as opposed to trying to reclaim the ground that we've lost over the last four years. Um, but yeah, so this weekend's going to be interesting and we're sure. either going to feel... We're going to feel some sort of way when this episode comes out that we don't feel tonight. So thanks for listening and thanks for coming along on this journey with us.
You can find us at supposedlypod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear if you have any suggestions for things you want us to hear or to hear. <laughs> to cover, probably. If you want if you want to hear something from there us or if you want us to cover something, please let us know. We're also looking for listener stories because yeah. we'd love to do a couple listener story episodes. So if you've ever had anything creepy, paranormal, or true crime uh, come into play with you, please drop us a line. You can yeah. also find us at supposedlypod at Facebook facebook and um instagram and twitter yes instagram and twitter as well so so join us next time on supposedly supposedly